Hello and welcome. Hundreds of frustrated passengers lament flight delays and cancellations at the Nnamdi Azikiwe International Airport, Abuja. Many accuse airline operators of taking passengers for granted. Family of slain 29-year-old lady in Edo State seeks justice over death. Police say there's a manhunt for her killers. We continue our end-of-year review and tonight we chronicle major security breaches in the country in 2021. And the UK sets new record of more than 129,000 new COVID cases a day after Prime Minister Boris Johnson said he would not bring in new restrictions yet. Plus international news from our London studio. On business news tonight, Nigerian Upstream Petroleum Regulatory Commission set to conclude the 2020 Marginal Field Build Round Program in line with the Petroleum Industry Act 2021. On sports news tonight, Poland and Bayern Munich FC forward Robert Lewandowski speaks out against FIFA's plans to host a World Cup every two years, says players are humans and not machines. And from Abuja, National Assembly transmits 2021 appropriation bill to President Mohamedou Buhari for his assent. He's expected to sign the bill on Friday. Poor weather conditions arising from haze is causing flight disruptions and passengers travelling from Abuja to other parts of the country appear to be caught in the middle. They're expressing their frustration over the spate of flight delays by airlines and accusing the operators of not properly notifying them about the development. Our correspondent Terry Ikumi spoke with passengers at the local wing of the Nnamdi Azikiwe International Airport and our reports. The newly discovered Omicron variant of COVID-19 had little or no effect on the local travel plans of Nigerians. The domestic wing of the Nnamdi Azikiwe International Airport is packed full with travelers, typical of the Yuletide. Flight fares have more than doubled and in some cases tripled this period. But passengers do not seem to be getting their money's worth. Following reports of cancellation of flights, we asked some passengers about their experience. Of course, I've had my flights to Asaba rescheduled thrice um, already. Um, in fact, I almost missed it this morning. I actually went into my email by chance and saw that it's been rescheduled for the third time. My flight was supposed to be 11.35. So when I came here, they said it's now 3.05. So I'm going to wait for a complete five hours. So I'll be sitting here now. I can't even board till 2 p.m. I didn't even receive test message. So I'll be sitting down since uh, after nine. I heard uh, the flight that will even pick us just left Abuja to Lagos and uh, it's the same flight that will come back to pick us. One passenger is understanding of the situation but wants airport authorities to do better. Um, I know that we do have challenges in the country but I must have to uh, commend um, the staff of, the, um, of this airport. Um, the airport looks clean but however I know that we need some improvements um, that has to do with um, organization. While airport authorities and airline operators are unavailable to speak, the former Director General of the Nigerian Meteorological Agency, NIMET, Dr. Anthony Anuforum, says Hamatan could hamper flight operations. There is what call, we call the station minimum. That is the minimum visibility below which 
it is not considered safe to fly in or fly out an aircraft. The traveling public uh, should not see it as uh, uh, inefficiency or um, uh, bad, uh, bad thing. It's about safety. It may be agreed that these unexpected operational realities could cause flight delays and cancellations, but travelers want to be notified in good time when these delays and cancellations are to happen. Terry Ikumi, Channels Television News. Now to a more disturbing situation in Niger State, where no fewer than seven persons have reportedly died in a boat mishap in Zingiri Village, Shororo local government area. It was gathered that the incident occurred when the villagers were heading to a neighboring village in the hinterland for a ceremony on Sunday evening. A man is said to have lost his two wives and a son in the incident. In a statement, the spokesperson of the Coalition of Shiruru Associations, Mr. Salis Saba, blamed the development on the construction of Zungeru Dam, which he says has forced the people to travel by water instead of land. He's calling on Hyperdeck to, as a matter of urgency, respond to this latest incident and provide safety measures to help the people adapt to their new way of life and prevent a recurrence. Earlier in May, over 20 died in a similar situation after a boat capsized in Munya, local government area of the state. The boat was reported to be carrying about 100 people, including women and children. Justice for Eloho Unyorusa, and this is the heart cry of the family of the 29-year-old lady allegedly killed by her boyfriend in Edo State. Eloho, a teacher with a private school, was killed during a visit to her boyfriend, one Osanetin David, a truck driver in Ovia Northeast local government area, on Christmas Eve. The police confirmed that Eloho was found dead in the young man's apartment with deep machete cuts on parts of her body, saying efforts are on to apprehend the suspect. Our correspondent Jessica Olubusere reports. Iguadolo community in Ovia Northeast local government area of Edo State is on the outskirts of the state capital, Benin City. One of the homes here has been dragged into mourning following the killing of their daughter, 29-year-old Eloho Oniovusa, on Christmas Eve. Eloho's mother claims that one Osaitin David, her daughter's boyfriend, had invited her to his place early that morning to care for him as he was sick. I see come at Peking. That money for free again. That one see get up early morning with pyjama, nighty way here, in a brush. Now I get up, say maybe now body serious, you see they run, they go. I say open door, they go, now open door, now I call they look my Peking, I shake it, I say this Peking not the year what. This boy does see call, I don't see they go. Her husband continues the harrowing tale. When we get the landlord just push the door, the door open, all we see is that my daughter was lying down on this instead of blood. We pull up blood everywhere, both the bedspread, the foam, the bedspread, the whole world, the house, everything was stained with blood. So we have to rush to the police, me and myself and the landlord. It thereafter leads Channel's television to the building where the crime allegedly took place. It is found under lock and key. The landlord of the house had been invited to the police station to give a statement. He explains the reason for locking up the apartment. Since nobody's living there, the, the, the property of the boy is still there. Can I open it? I will not open it. I have to lock it right now. So that boy will not go inside that bogo his property. So the boy now, have you seen him since? I've not seen him. Everybody is putting hands together to make sure we get him. 
The police say they would ensure justice also is done. Observe, on a close look at the body, they observe a deep cut on her throat, on the legs and on the arm, which probably is what led to her death. So for now, the young man, after committing the crime, he run away, fled away from the scene. The police are on their feet looking for him to ensure that he's being arrested to face prosecution if he's the one that carried out the crime. If he's not the one that carried out the crime, the police will do everything to unravel the circumstances that led to her death. Eloy is said to have held an OND and was working as a teacher before her death. She said to have met and become friends with the suspect about a year ago. Jessica Lubusen, Channels Television News. Concerned about the security situation in Kaduna State and other parts of the north, a group of Christian leaders under the umbrella of United Pastors for Change have called on Governor Nasser al-Rafai and security agencies to double their efforts to ensure adequate security. While acknowledging the effort of the government and security agencies, the group says more needs to be done to ensure the protection of lives and property of the people. They also called for collective action that will bring about peace and unity in the state. Security management in the country remains a daunting task and this year has not been an exception with banditry, kidnappings and armed robbery posing major challenges in addition to insurgency. We continue our assessment of activities in the critical sectors of the outgoing year with focus on security today. Northern Nigeria has been an epicenter of insurgent activities, especially from Boko Haram and the Islamic State of West Africa province, Iswap, whose violent campaign have risen with the emergence of splinter groups. Efforts by the government to launch major offensives to dislodge these groups from their strongholds have met a brick wall as they continue to launch attacks and engage the nation's security forces in brazen assaults. According to the United Nations Children's Fund, this year alone, a total of 1,440 students have been abducted and about 25 schools attacked. President Mohamedou Buhari bowed to pressure from several quarters for a change of guard in the nation's security hierarchy when he appointed new service chiefs earlier in the year to bring some vigor into the war against the terrorists. I expect you to effectively deploy your officers and men to secure the country. Four months after this appointment, disaster struck in Kaduna State, where the Chief of Army Staff, Ibrahim Atahiru, and other top military officers died in a plane crash. A dark chapter in the military's efforts at restoring peace. In what appears to be an exploit of a security vacuum, criminal gangs in the Northwest scaled up kidnappings for ransom, targeting boarding schools. The states mostly affected by these attacks are Kaduna, Kasina, Kebi, Zamfara, and Niger states, with some of these students still in the hands of their abductors. The oil-rich Niger Delta region was not without some security challenges 
as well, notably activities of oil thieves and economic saboteurs. In the second quarter of 2021, the coordinated operation of the Southwest Security Network, codenamed Amotekun, came into effect and several bandits making their way to the region were apprehended. Also, clashes between farmers and herders over land have spurred the formation of ethnic militias. In the southeast, violent activities and killings by gunmen suspected to be linked to secessionist groups assumed an alarming dimension. The sit-at-home order, which is observed every Monday in Imo, Enugu, Anambra, Abia and Eboi states literally grounded economic and social activities in the region. This is the time Buhari should sit up and tight his belt to make sure that no matter your statute, if you have been pound wanting for aiding and abating, equipping, punishing crime and criminality, you should be brought to book. The Nigeria police got an early Christmas gift from the president when in fulfillment of one of the demands of the NSAS protesters, the Federal Executive Council approved an upward review in the peculiar allowance for police officers and men with an increment of about 20%. When the upward review of their pay takes effect in January 2022, a lot will however be expected from the police across board in the discharge of their duties. In part two, after the break, we continue our 2021 review on security. We'll be joined by a retired Assistant Inspector General of Police, Hadi Zarewa. That's in a moment. Do join us again. Joined us, you're watching the news at 10 on Channels Television, coming to you live from Lagos. A reminder of our top stories frustrated passengers lament flight delays and cancellations at the Nnamdi Azikiwe International Airport, Abuja. Family of slain 29 year old lady in Edo State cry out for justice over death. Police say there is a manhunt for her killers. We continue our end-of-year review and tonight we chronicle major security breaches in the country in 2021. And UK sets new record of more than 129,000 new COVID cases a day after the Prime Minister Boris Johnson said he would not bring in any new restrictions yet. Let's get some more insight into security in 2021. And joining me from our Conroe studio is a retired assistant inspector general of police and security expert, Hadi Zarewa. Thanks a lot for joining us on the News at 10. Okay, we seem to be having trouble establishing him at the moment. Well, we'll definitely take him in due course. Let's see what we can do to try to re-establish him. But moving on now, President Muhammadu Buhari will on Friday, December the 31st, sign the 2022 budget into law. The senior special assistant to the president, Mr. Garba Shehu, who confirmed this to our State House correspondent, says President Buhari will sign the appropriation bill into law by 10 a.m.
This development comes nearly a week after federal lawmakers passed the 17.126 trillion naira budget, increasing the benchmark price of crude from 57 to 62 dollars per barrel. A communication from the clerk of the National Assembly, Mr. Ojo Amos, to the presidency showed that the budget was transmitted last Friday and received by the Office of the Chief of Staff to the president on Saturday. Let's cross over to Abuja. And here's Markwe Ogun Yusuf. Markwe? Hello, Ijoma. It's good to see you. Well, it looks like a lot more has been coming up from the presidency as well, as they've been providing insights into why President Muhammadu Buhari withheld assent to the Electoral Act Amendment Bill 2021. The Senior Special Assistant to the President on Media and Publicity, Garba Shehu, explains in a statement that the proposed amendments entail significant legal, financial, economic and security consequences for all Nigerians, principal among which would be a severe spike in the cost of holding primary elections by political parties. He adds that even though the All Progressives Congress, as one of the largest political parties, stands to benefit from the bill that favors wealthier parties, it is not the job of the government to protect the APC, but Nigeria, her people and her democracy. According to him, whatever other merits the new bill may have, now is not the time to engage in what he describes as frivolous spending of public money, especially at a time the nation is seeking to extricate itself from the economic woes resulting from the current health crisis. And over 24 hours after his release, the governorship candidate of the Action Alliance in the 2019 governorship election, Uchi Wonsu, who was arrested by security operatives, has been narrating his ordeal. Mr. Wonsu, who was arrested on Sunday while attending the church service at St. Peter's Anglican Church in Eziyama Obari community in Inquiry, local government area of Imo State, Addressing a press conference in Owari, the Imo state capital, Mr. Awonsu alleged that the intention of the perpetrators was to eliminate him, but for the outcry that trailed his arrest. We got inside the private jets. The officer that was there said, Oga, um, that there is a petition against you. And some people mentioned their name. That's why we came to pick you. I said, okay, was it why I should be humiliated? There was no invitation. Nobody called me. I was humiliated as a, I was handcuffed as a common criminal. That if there was an invitation, I'm not a, a criminal, I would have come and I would have answered the, the call. He said, oh, God, ah, but you have not. I said, nobody invited me. When we got to Abuja, they took me straight to STA's office, uh, uh, Tactical Squad's office. And uh, at that point in place, um, the IG now intervened and uh, sent somebody who came and I was interviewed, I put down my statement, and um, with the scenario, with what happened, I, I think the, the Inspector General of Police was not properly briefed. The, this, this, everything, all this drama happened inside government house. All the security men that came for this operation were security men attached to the governor of Imo State, masked all of them. There is nothing to identify them. They came with a, 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 a truck, a, a, a military truck, that is part of the governor's convoy. They came with a fourth jeep that is part of the governor's convoy. I don't think that their intention was to arrest me. Their intention was to illuminate me. Because if their intention was to arrest me, 
I know the normal police procedure. Away from politics, Nigeria's northeast has been a troubled region for over 10 years owing to the activities of Boko Haram terrorists. Although the insurgents are said to have been pushed to the fringes of Lake Chad, they still launch attacks occasionally on the residents. However, the insecurity has not stopped the people in the region from celebrating the Yuletide. <laughs> Wives of fallen heroes, felicitating with officials of the Nigerian Army and Nigerian Air Force. The felicitation could not have come at a better time, as the world celebrates Christmas, a time known for sharing and caring. The two arms of the military involved in Operation Hadden K in the nation's northeast region have come together for this launch on in Memalari Barracks in Maiduguri, the Borno state capital. This event provides an opportunity to not only bond with frontline troops, but also to promote comradeship and regimentation in the service. The launch also provides an opportunity for us to remember our colleagues who have paid the supreme price in the service of our fatherland. In Yobe State, Religious organizations are making efforts to reduce the number of children on the street, especially because of the security threat in the state. The concern among the organizers is that the situation poses security threat on the lives of the children as well as the society. Usually we have been going around celebrating, rejoicing with our neighbors after Sunday service, but because of the insecurity, and we want our children to be in safety hands. We decided now to celebrate together in the church after the worship. However, you know, after the church worship to the celebration, the church will be going outside to celebrate with our neighbors, to rejoice with them, to share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. Kalaha community in Hong local government area of Adamawa State is one of the communities overrun by insurgency in Nigeria's northeast region. On the third, the people of the community roll out the drums to celebrate the Yuletide. The people are praying that the government can defeat the insurgents. We know the difficulties that we are passing through, the security challenges, the economic challenges, the unemployment and so many other difficulties that we are passing through. But again, hope is not lost. God has sent his saviour in order to redeem humankind. And through the coming of Christ into the world, there is a light in the tunnel and there is hope for us, uh, humanity. For the past 10 years, insecurity has become a challenging issue for the people of the region. Amidst the celebration, the people look forward to a time when insecurity will be a theme of the past. Still ahead on the news at 10, residents defy security challenges in the southeast as well as they join in the celebration of the Yuletide. Do join us again. Welcome back to the news at 10. In the southeast, Christmas is one of the festivities celebrated with pomp and pageantry by residents. But that was before recent security breaches across the region. This next report takes a look at how the Yuletide went down across the region.
The year 2021 no doubt has been remarkable, particularly to residents of the southeast of Nigeria. This is more so due to heightened insecurity in the region. This year alone, there have been violent attacks in the region, ranging from killing of security operatives to jailbreak, kidnapping and murder of prominent persons and ordinary residents. Up until its recent suspension, the sit-at-home order by IPOP has been another cause for security concern. In spite of the security challenges, some residents still found ways to enjoy the Yuletide and the holidays that came with it. In Abia State, residents are seen traveling to join loved ones to celebrate the season. The activities in various markets in the state may be a reflection of the people's resolve to have their fill of the Yuletide mood. In Anambra State, the atmosphere is celebratory. In this part of the world, people come home from different parts of Nigeria for this celebration, to stay together as a family, to express love to one another, to find a way to promote peace, love in the society, to find a way to move forward. Things are challenging. There are many challenges we face in our world today, but when we come together, we can fashion out a solution. The streets of Enogun is lit up by the various Christmas decorations. The Enogun main market comes alive with residents out shopping. They have issued firm instructions to security agencies and uh, about 1,700 uh, brigade personnel of uh, the novel uh, uh, security outfit we have in Enugu, you know, actually called uh, Forest Guard. And it has also stimulated the passion and commitment of the Vilande group to also team up with security agencies and make sure that they provide adequate security for the people. In Ebony State, everyone looks busy with buying and selling at the Abakaliki International Market. In town, some residents say the Yuletide would have been better, but for some challenges. People are insecure and the economy is very bad. There is no money anywhere. Imagine people will go to bank, they will tell them, I can't give you some amount of money because there's no money. Despite the recent cases of security breaches in Imo State, residents still take time out to celebrate. While some are having time out at fun spots, some others are attending church services. As for me, it depends on what the person actually wants. Because to me, whatever you have, you can actually enjoy yourself. Even with a thousand naira, you can make something this part of it. So it doesn't mean anywhere you have millions. Although the Christmas holiday is over, and everything gradually returning to normal. But some are of the opinion that the mood is not like the previous years. They hope that the challenges are addressed so that the next Christmas celebration will be way better than this. Well, we always hope for better, don't we? That's all from the nation's capital. Is back to you, Ijoma. Indeed. Thanks a lot, Mark. Where? Now let's try again to have that conversation on security from our Kano studio where we have a retired Assistant Inspector General of Police and security expert Hadi Zareba. Thanks a lot for joining us and apologies you couldn't hear us earlier.
Thank you very much. Great. Now, security is a big issue and it has been in the last uh, year. From what you've heard about the challenges, looking at the report that we had there, uh, where do you think the gaps lie as we review the year? You mean the security challenges in northern Nigeria or in the northwest north now? We're looking at, at the entire country no. but, and, and the northeast where we know um, you have, you've done a lot of work. Okay. Well, you see, when you talk of the security situation in this country, it's a very sad situation because the area here, particularly here in the northwest where I work, most of the places when you look at Sokoto, I work in Sokoto, I work in Zampara, I work in Katanaiwenko and Kaduna. All this area used to be a very peaceful state. But this has started very long time ago in the 80s when we have problems about farmers planning cattle, uh, I mean, clashes happening here and there. And most of the time, when this type of incident happened, we used to make an effort to the government so that the government should take an adequate, uh, I mean, I mean, arrangement so that they can arrest the situation. Because uh, we have witnessed a lot of these clashes before. And the plenty people who were accused to be responsible for this, I mean, and the kidnapping and the robbery and what they have do, were neglected because uh, there used to be, you mean, you mean, in those days, we used to have these cattle flying because most of the area they go for, uh, I mean, rearing of their animals, you discover that they are being, the place are being hijacked by the farmers or by the, uh, the, the authority or somewhere else. And this is one of the reasons why you discover that these people, they have nowhere to go for rearing. They have, their animals are being stolen, I mean, they, they, they stolen. So they, they have, it, they, you discover in the end that uh, what they should do now is they went back to the villages, I mean to the forest, and started this uh, petty, petty, petty uh, I mean, uh, kidnapping, uh, killing, and what have you. So the situation could have been arrested a long time ago because we have focused. I mean, we have witnessed that something in future, this is going to happen. The police in that time, the modern, in the, like I told you in the 80s, a lot of have been made to the government to take necessary action. How can they take care of this uh, plan? Because many people, even in those times, in those years when this was happening, you discover that there is a clash between planning and farmers, and when the police go there to, uh, to take the I mean, necessary action, you discover that sometimes the police are killed and the farmers are killed or the planning are killed there. And, and all the necessary reports have been made for a long time so that we, this situation can be arrested. And they are not given the adequate education uh, so that they, you know, they don't read. They, most of them generally you discover that they are illiterate people. And uh, 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 nowadays the police, when you look at the number of the police, they cannot take care of what is happening in the, most of these countries. The number is adequate. The facility to go out and do the necessary, that is to, to, to take care of the, the situation, the Konogo. And another issue is that, you know, I wish the internal security could have been the police who are supposed to be in charge of the internal security were neglected and they brought the army to take care. If I can remember, even last week I was listening to a program whereby Major Mustafa was complaining that the police or the government made a mistake by involving the army in the internal security. But the internal security is the duty of the police. If they are well equipped, they are well cared, they are well fed, I believe they can. Even if I can remember in Meduguri, where they were doing very well in Boko Haram, 
By the time the federal government wanted to involve the army, the, 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 the people there were saying, no, in Kazakhstan too, they were even, uh, I mean, preparing to have uh, these mobile people to, who, who can go. And because the army, the police, they are in charge of internal security. They know the, the local setting, they know the rural police, they know the forest everywhere. But unfortunately, we discovered that uh, uh, all something, what is supposed to be done, is not being done. The internal security is the entire responsibility of the police. In addition with the other security agencies like the civil defense, the SS, who can give information about what is happening. So, but uh, unfortunately, these things have been neglected for one reason or the other. And one of the areas, if you want to even take care of this security situation, I would suggest that uh, senior police officers who were in the service, who retire uh, in the service, and other security could be assembled so that they can sit down and give an advice because people whose brain those years they are around they are uh, around they can advise the government on what to do uh, because if I can remember when the when former president in the 1990 something any time an incident happened about security you discover that the president will arrange a meeting of all security agencies in the country right. they will discuss how can they come about it now. But right. I'm very, I've been suggesting, we spoke on many occasions, I've given a program on how can we tackle this issue of security or insecurity in the, the Northwest in Nigeria in general again. All right, AIG, I'm going to have to thank you in, in for that um, for that insight into thank security. Thank you so much, retired Assistant Inspector General of Police and Security Expert Hadi Zarewa for sharing your thoughts on the News at 10 tonight. Thank you very much. From there, we take a look at some business news, and we'll do that with Anne Waudu. Thank you, Ijoma. Let's begin business news with the Nigerian Upstream Regulatory Co Commission saying that it will soon conclude the 2020 Marginal Field Bid Round Program. Now, this follows a successful completion of the Marginal Oil Field Bid earlier this year and the issuance of award letters to successful investors. In a statement released today, the Chief Executive Officer of NUPRC, Mr. Binga Komolafe, says the agency has put in place all necessary machinery to progress the bid round exercise to conclude in line with the Petroleum Industry Act 2021. He also mentions that the Commission will ensure implementation of all applicable guidelines for those who have fully paid their signature bonuses to enable them progress to the next stage of the bid exercise. Now let's talk about oil prices at extended gains on Tuesday, with prices trading near one month high recorded on Monday with hopes that the Omicron coronavirus variant will have a limited impact on fuel demand. Brent crude futures rose by 1.4% to $79.07 a barrel at about 10.05 local time, while U.S. West Texas intermediate crude was up 1.6% at $76.80 a barrel, gaining for a fifth straight session. Oil prices have risen around 50% this year, supported by recovering demand and supply cuts by the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries and all its allies, collectively known as OPEC+. 
Let's talk about the currency in circulation in the country. It has risen from 2.97 trillion Naira at the end of October to 3.15 trillion Naira in November. And that's according to figures obtained from the Central Bank of Nigeria. At the same time, the CBN data showed that the currency in circulation increased to 2.84 trillion Naira in September, coming from 2.78 trillion Naira in August. It further shows that the currency in circulation currently stands at 2.83 trillion Naira and 2.78 trillion Naira as at February. It was at 2.81 trillion in July, 2.74 trillion in June. 2.749 trillion in May, and then it became 2.8 trillion Naira in March this year. The United States has announced that traveling between the U.S. and South Africa can resume on on December the 31st. That announcement takes place just one month after the U.S. suspended all flights from the region following the announcement of the Omicron variant. South Africa, Mozambique and Malawi are amongst the eight countries that can resume traveling with the U.S. after the 31st of December. According to the Biden administration, Omicron infections are already present in the U.S., therefore making the travel suspension already pointless. And that's business news tonight. Thank you for watching. I'm Anne Mwawadu. It's back to you, Gemma. Thanks a lot, Anne. COVID-19 cases in the UK have reached a record high with 129,471 new cases reported in England and Wales as the Omicron variant continues to fuel a winter wave of infections. The new record comes a day after Prime Minister Boris Johnson said he would not bring in new restrictions to limit the spread of the virus. For more international news, here's Simon Pusey with Around the World in Five. Good evening and welcome to the Channel Studios here in London with your international news around the world in Five. U.S. health officials have halved the recommended isolation time for people with asymptomatic COVID-19 from 10 to 5 days amid a surge in cases. The measure is expected to alleviate disruption caused by staff shortages in many areas because of infections. The Centers for Disease Control says most transmissions happen in the two days before and three days after symptoms develop. But experts have criticized the lack of testing requirements to end isolation. International charity Save the Children has confirmed two of its staff members in Myanmar were killed in an attack it blames on the military. More than 35 bodies, including those of women and children, were found in eastern Kaya state. It said troops had forced people from their cars, arresting some of them and killing others before burning their bodies. The Myanmar military has denied the claims. Naming this precinct the Archbishop Desmond Tutu precinct. The mayor of Johannesburg says a prefecture in the city could be named in honor of the late Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Mayor Fallastay said an area around St. Mary's Cathedral could be named after the South African anti-apartheid hero. She said the idea was something we are very seriously looking into. Desmond Tutu died at the age of 90 on Sunday. Mourners continue to visit his old residence to pay their respects. An investigation is underway after a small plane crashed in a residential area in San Diego County in California, leaving no survivors. First responders were called to the scene at around 7 p.m. local time. Firefighters were not able to locate any survivors. It is not yet known how many people were on board. 
A lone gunman has killed four people and wounded three, including a police officer, at several locations in Denver. Investigators have yet to determine a motive for the rampage, which began around 5 p.m. when the gunman shot and killed two women and wounded a man. He killed two more people before a running gun battle with officers. He was eventually killed by police. Fires have broken out at Syria's Latakia port's container storage area following an Israeli missile attack, according to state media. The attack, the second in December, damaged facades of a hospital, some residential buildings and shops. Israel has mounted frequent attacks against what it has described as Iranian targets in Syria, where Tehran-backed forces have been deployed to support President Bashar al-Assad. Dozens of Afghan women have staged a protest in Kabul demanding freedoms and rights under the Taliban rule. The women marched down the streets chanting, why have you closed the schools and we want work, food and education. The protest followed a new Taliban law set by the Ministry of Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice that dictates that women traveling for more than 72 kilometers should be accompanied by a male family member. The German NGO ship Sea-Watch 3 is still waiting to be assigned a port of safety after it rescued 444 migrants from five separate rescue boats carried out in the Mediterranean Sea. We are from a German rescue ship! Last week alone, at least 160 people drowned in the central Mediterranean while attempting to flee. Meanwhile, local residents of a coastal Indonesian town have delivered supplies and food to a boat of over 100 Rohingya refugees stranded at sea. Fishermen first spotted the boat on Sunday with around 120 men, women and children on board. Indonesian authorities have said they will help to repair the boat, but will not allow its passengers to seek refuge in the country. And finally, a three-year-old girl who shot to fame in Russia after surviving 12 days lost and alone in a Siberian forest has begun her quest to become a professional ballerina. In 2014, Karina Chikitova walked away from her house to follow her father and got lost in the vast woods, accompanied by her dog Nader. The girl managed to survive on her own in harsh conditions for 12 days, warming herself by hugging Nader and drinking water from rivers and eating berries. The dog eventually walked back to the village and helped rescuers track down the lost girl. In December 2015, a bronze sculpture was installed to commemorate the story. Now, Chikatova, who just celebrated her 12th birthday, is a ballet school student who hopes to one day make it to perform at the Bolshoi Theatre. And that's your international news around the world in five. Now back to the Channel Studios in Lagos. Many thanks, Simon. The 2021-22 Nigeria Professional Football League first midweek game of the season will hold tomorrow across the country. In Makadi, Lobby Stars will host Shooting Stars of Ibadan. Defending champions Aqua United will play host to Gombe United. In Abar Rivers, United will take on host Aimba International, while league leaders Remo Stars will face Nasara United in Ikene. Sunshine Stars of Akure will also be in action against Rangers International. Lagos will play host to the clash between MFM and Plateau United. Bayern Munich striker Robert Lewandowski has again spoken out against FIFA's plans to host a World Cup every two years. Lewandowski insists if the football or if the football fans want to watch the best football, it's impossible to play world, the World Cup every two years. 
In the English Premier League, West Ham brushed off the disappointment of conceding an early goal at Vicarage Road to strengthen their push for a Champions League place. Well, the Hammers finished 4-1 in their game against Watford. Crystal Palace made a perfect start at home to struggle in Norwich, winning the tie 3-0. Tottenham were held to a 1-0 draw by Southampton. And Spanish forward Ferran Torres has left Man City and completed a permanent move to La Liga side FC Barcelona. The financial details of the deal were not disclosed, but British and Spanish media reported that Barca would pay around 55 million euros for the player with a further 10 million euros in add-ons. And that's sports news. Thanks a lot, Ayo Tunde. And the main news again. Hundreds of frustrated passengers today lamented flight delays and cancellations at the Nnamdi Azikiwe International Airport, Abuja, and many accused airline operators of taking passengers for granted by not issuing proper notifications. That's the news at 10 tonight. Thank you so much for staying with us. I'm Ijo Mahunyato. Do have a good night.